Back home now and there is growing pressure this weekend on the Minister for Justice Helen McEntee and on the Garda Commissioner Drew Harris following riots in the centre of Dublin on Thursday night. Sinn Féin is considering a motion of no confidence in Minister Helen McEntee and has expressed no confidence in the Garda Commissioner. We'll hear why in a moment and get a response from Minister Simon Coveney. The riots in Dublin began after a stabbing attack on three children and a female carer on Parnell Square on Thursday afternoon. A five-year-old girl remains critically ill in hospital and her carer is in a serious condition. A man described by Gardy as a person of interest is also in a serious but stable condition. A large immigrant community lives and works in the area where the riots took place on Thursday night. Our reporter Sharon Lynch spoke to some of them in the aftermath of the violence and they told her why they no longer feel safe in the city centre. We're still like scared, everybody, so even the staff doesn't want to work because uh, it uh, never happened before here. So everybody's like scared. I'm running my business about last uh, six, seven years, even on Talbot Street, but uh, it never happened this before. Where are your staff from? Oh, one is from Hungary, one is from Brazil, one is from Pakistan, so... Fearful to come into work now. Yeah, because we still hearing the news like uh, the saying uh, they have planned to attack, especially the businesses, the foreigners, because uh, they are against our foreigners. And where are you seeing that? Online? Online, yeah. TikTok. TikTok. Live news like the saying go, go over there, come to the spire, like we're gonna do that, we're gonna do that. So. You're fearful now. I am. Um, what we can do? So they, they, they are some uh, like uh, teenagers saying they do some stuff kind of thing. But even that was not so serious. We can handle it, and they were doing this stuff. So that's not a problem. We haven't never feel nervous all time. Like only because of the riot, we have nervous today, but not anymore. Like, are you nervous now living in the city? Uh, I'm very nervous to come out. Like. Uh, once I see the guard around the city, now I feel a bit safe. Yeah, very nervous. Yeah, this time is very nervous. Yeah. Everybody is nervous, you know, last It's very bad happen. Do you feel safe working in Dublin City? Uh, sometimes safe, sometimes no, but yeah. Uh, because some people take too much drink, too much drugs. You know, that's, that's a problem. And uh, some people don't like another nationality people, you know. Uh, I like Ireland, I love Ireland, I born in here in Ireland, but some people, uh, just because of the color, because the nationality don't like us here, uh, we love the people here. I hear security for, save for two, 200 children, babies inside. I help this child, I, I save the children because we have Irish people outside, take drugs and drinks. They want to take a fire in the hospital. Why? You have babies inside. Why you take a fire for Lewis and Pass? It's your country. If you if you're angry, take a message or take speak with the TV or radio or. But why you take a fire? You, it's it's your pass. Um, I'm afraid. You're afraid. Yes, because I live in Pine Street and I'm an immigrant, and um, I came to here for an inter inter interchange, and I'm afraid. I saw inside the Luas one guy scream with a black girl, another black girl is not good. And Dominic 
Lewis station is very dangerous. I saw a lot of bad things uh, in Dominique station. is very dangerous. It's same like quiet. Everybody like just thinking what will happen next, you know. So. And do you feel safe in Dublin city generally? For the moment, no. But we never know. Some people from the immigrant community of Dublin's north inner city speaking to our reporter Sharon Lynch. I'm joined now by the Sinn Féin TD for Dublin Fingal, Louise O'Reilly. Deputy, you heard there the people expressing their fears. Uh, your party leader has ex- been expressing her lack of confidence in the Justice Minister Helen McEntee. So will your party table a no confidence motion and what realistically could it achieve? Well, I think at this stage um, we need to focus on what happened on Thursday. There was a failure to keep people safe in Dublin City. It left Gardaí exposed. It left people working in the city centre exposed. It left our emergency services exposed. There was a, a, a period in which control of the city was lost. That is a very grave and a very, very serious matter. The minister was slow to react. She doesn't seem to understand or appreciate the scale of the issue. And this didn't just happen on Thursday. This has been building for months. Myself and my colleague Pa Daly and and others have been meeting with retailers, with workers who are working in Dublin city centre. They say they don't feel safe. Coincidentally, um, my party leader, Mary Lou MacDonald, was at the the time of that very uh, serious incident on Thursday, um, which precipitated the the later events. She was meeting with a major retailer in town, in Dublin city centre, and they raised with her the issue of safety. Their staff do not feel safe coming to and going from work. The shoppers express concern when they are in the shop. So this is an issue that has been building for months. The minister doesn't recognise the scale of it. And if she doesn't recognise or understand the scale of the issue, then how could anyone have confidence in her capacity to address it? So given, as you say, this has been building for months, given, as you say, it's a grave and serious matter, why didn't Sinn Féin take the opportunity to put down a no-confidence motion on Friday evening under the old procedure? They could have done that. It would have been debated in the Dáil this week. Why did you back away from that decision on Friday? So the minister should resign. Um, that is that that is the bottom line. If she is not going to do that, well then the Taoiseach should remove her from her position. So thereafter, obviously, we will consider any option. But this is a matter for on Taoiseach at the moment and for the minister. She should resign and if she's not prepared to do that, then the Taoiseach should act. The government says you're trying to politicise the issue. This is a failure of uh, this government. You know, they, they can try to deflect in any way, shape or form that they like. But the simple fact is this matter has been building for months and months. They have been advised of this repeatedly repeatedly, not just by by my own party, Sinn Féin, by other political parties and also by the retailers, by their representatives in the trade unions. They lost control of Dublin City on Thursday. The city was not safe. They left our Gardaí exposed. They left the people in the city centre exposed, our emergency services exposed. That is what happened on Thursday. That is a catastrophic failure. And the minister 
does not even recognise that control was lost in the city on Thursday. And if she doesn't recognise that, then I fail to see how anyone could have confidence in her. Well, the Minister has been speaking about more Gardaí, a thousand new Gardaí next year, additional resources, um, more Gardaí cars, emphasis on body cams and facial technology. What would you like to hear from her in the Dáil this week that might uh, convince you not to put down a no confidence motion? I want to know why she was so slow to act on this. It was well, well, well into the night time before we even heard uh, from the Minister. Uh, we want to know what happened. We want to hear the details of exactly what happened um, in the run-up She would to argue that up to 400 Gardaí were put on the streets within an hour of knowing that this happened. But I would argue that the, uh, the seeds of this were laid months and months and months ago and there was a complete failure on the part of the Minister to act. I mean, let's not forget, in the immediate aftermath of another uh, very unfortunate incident, a very serious incident during the summer in Dublin city centre, the Minister took to the streets. She had uh, she had a number of Gardaí with her. She walked down O'Connell Street and she said the city is safe when everybody else was telling her that action needed to be taken to make the city safe. She completely ignored that. She absolutely refuses to acknowledge the scale or the depth of the issue. Therefore, she cannot and will not be the person to fix it. Many would argue that this is not a time uh, for a division. It's a time for unity of purpose, perhaps a cross-party approach, particularly when it comes to the issue of calling out the far right rather than allowing them so divisions. So is this no confidence motion, you know, and and your comment on the news last night also pointed out by some uh, in government saying that the Taoiseach should take out Helen McEntee. Uh, is this a time for unity of purpose now rather than political? But as I've political said, the Taoiseach should remove the minister from her position uh, if she is not prepared to resign. You know, the... There is a very, very serious issue in Dublin City and we saw it on Thursday night. We saw the danger that people were exposed to and we saw a minister who was late coming out uh, with a response in the first instance and her response was wholly inadequate. I, I really, I cannot say it enough times. She does not even acknowledge that control was lost of the city on Thursday. If she can't even acknowledge that simple fact, then she will not and cannot be the person to fix it. OK, and just lastly and briefly, when will you make a decision on that no confidence motion? We're going to hear from the Minister early next week and we will keep all options under review. But the ball is very firmly in the court of the Taoiseach at the moment. It is in. Uh, it is his job to ensure that, that, that his team are up to the job and clearly the minister uh, the minister for justice has you know demonstrated that she uh, that she does not understand the scale and the depth of the problem in Dublin she will not be the person to fix it okay Sinn Féin's Louise O'Reilly thanks very much for joining us in the studio and we are joined on the line now by minister for enterprise trade and employment Simon Coveney minister good afternoon thank you for for joining us um, good afternoon, Justin. There was a breakdown of law and order on Thursday night. People now feel scared, as you heard in the Vox Pop earlier. They no longer feel protected in Dublin city centre. And it is the job of the Minister for Justice to ensure people's safety and to ensure that they feel safe in their capital city. Why should she keep her job if she's failing to do that? Well, I think it's the job of all of us uh, in government, but I'd like to think in opposition too. Uh, to uh, to unite in response to what we saw last Thursday night, which were disgraceful scenes of thuggery and chaos uh, on our capital city streets. Uh, And unfortunately, uh, instead of uh, even waiting for the detail uh, in terms of Garda reports on what happened, uh, the main opposition party is choosing to try to turn this into a political issue uh, and to uh, 
uh, uh, to try to undermine government and indeed the leadership of Angarda Shia Khan. Do, do you, do I mean, you so Minister, do, do, you, last do, night do, do you acknowledge... Use the language of taking the minister out, which is more akin to the kind of language that we would have read online from people trying to cause trouble last Thursday than people who were interested in solutions. Do you acknowledge that Gardaí lost control of Dublin City on Thursday night? Well, certainly there were parts of Dublin City where, um, where, where rioting was... Um, uh, uh, was was causing complete carnage, uh, and it took time for Angarda Shiakana uh, to to get control of the situation. That's true, um, um, but you know, 400 Gardaí were on the streets at very short notice um, when this uh, issue spiralled very very quickly. Um, uh, the commissioner has responded uh, on that question, and of course, we're going to get a very detailed response. Uh, in terms of um, a Garda report on exactly what happened and, and lessons to be learned. You know, no one's saying um, that there aren't lessons to be learned here. Of course there are. But our focus in government needs to be to support the Garda and its leadership, to support the minister and her leadership, and to, uh, to support the migrant community uh, in the north okay, e- but, inner city but, but, and to give them the reassurance but, that they need and to support businesses as well where, where, uh, where, in terms where, of many where, businesses that have been damaged. Where, where was the leadership uh, over the last number of months, even years? Because there are people, business people will tell you they have been saying that the city has not been safe for a long time. There are people who, who say the violence on Thursday did not come out of the blue since the pandemic. There have been more problems. There's been more antisocial behaviour, more open drug dealing, more assaults uh, around the O'Connell Street area and the north inner yes. city. Why, why has the minister not addressed those problems? Well, first of all, the government has done a lot to try and address many of those problems, both the last government and this one. There's been a number of very significant initiatives um, in, in the context of the, the north inner city, trying to bring community leaders together, local politicians together, um, business uh, communities together, migrant communities together. Uh, we have put tens of millions of euros into new initiatives in the north inner city. You know, ask people like Pascal Donoghue, who's been at the centre of an awful lot of that, uh, uh, to try to address um, tensions uh, within communities. Uh, we also, of course, uh, need uh, a policing response as well. And certainly in the last few days, you've seen a dramatic increase in the visibility of Angarda Shiakana on the streets uh, to help people feel safer. Uh, and of course, that needs now to continue. Yes, but um, I, I, Minister, so I, I took a look at the, the, the Garden numbers in the Dublin region before uh, we, we came to yes. this interview today. There, there were 514 more Gardaí in Dublin in 2010 when Fine Gael, uh, came to power. Uh, than there are today, 514 more uh, at that point. Um, how, is, how is it possible that the Minister for Justice thinks there are enough Gardaí policing the streets of Dublin when we're down more than 500 in the Dublin region since Fine Gael took office? Well, I mean, we have, we have about 14,000 Garda members today across the country. Uh, we have a commitment to get to 15,000. Uh, money isn't the issue. Uh, resources aren't the issue. Um, uh, we are a country of full employment at the moment, and that is posing challenges uh, in terms of getting people into uh, both the Gardaí and the Defence Forces. Uh, but we are committed uh, and we're seeing an acceleration now in terms of uh, recruitment and training at, uh, at the Garda College in Templemore. We'll have between seven and, eight, seven and 800 new recruits this year. We also, in my view, need to see more guards on the beat rather than tied up in court and uh, 
in other jobs that they are being asked to do at the moment. Uh, and so uh, both the Commissioner and, uh, and the Minister for Justice, of course, are working together now to look at how we can get more visible uh, Garda presence on the streets, not just in Dublin, by the way, but across all our towns and cities. Uh, that's why uh, you've seen significant resources going into uh, more high visibility vehicles uh, and other Garda units. So, you know, this is, this is a, you know, a work that is in train um, and we need to learn lessons from last Thursday. Do, do, uh, but do, I think do, the frustration me, me. I have is, is that while the government is uh, and wants to be fully transparent in terms of lessons learned from last Thursday so that we can protect uh, and reassure people in Dublin city centre. Uh, we have opposition parties, in particular Sinn Féin, uh, looking to, uh, to create division and further drama, which in many ways uh, is only uh, reinforcing um, some of the division that was caused uh, last Thursday by cynical do, people. Do, do, uh, do, do you think, Minister, do, do, do you think Dublin is safe? For the most part, yes. You know, I walk through Dublin City Centre every week. You know, I, I often walk home from the Dáil. Um, but clearly, um, there, are, uh, there are tensions uh, in, in some parts of Dublin that we need to respond to. Um, that's, that's true. Uh, and I think um, the, um, the, the vicious attack that happened on three young children uh, and, and a creche worker sparked something. Uh, that was taken advantage of by a number of cynical people uh, who who brought people onto the streets to cause carnage. Yes. Um, and we need to learn lessons from and that, wh- uh, make sure it doesn't happen again. Okay. And I believe that can happen so, uh, under the current leadership of, of Angarda Siakana. So, I know it can happen uh, wh- under Helen McEntee's leadership as well. What is going to change then? Does the government want to see Gardaí taking a, a tougher policing approach in the capital from now on? Well, I mean, look, this is a combination of a whole series of things. I mean, first of all, the Guardian needs to have all the tools uh, necessary to respond here in, in terms of, of legislation. You know, we've just passed much tougher sentencing uh, for assault causing harm. Uh, for, um, we've increased uh, uh, the sentencing for uh, the assault of a Guardian uh, or emergency workers. We now need to see that enforced. Um, we need to, of course continue to talk to the leadership of Angarda Siakana to make sure that whatever they need in terms of resourcing and equipment and technology, they get um, so that they can do their job quickly to protect people and reassure the public of their safety. Um, and, uh, and those conversations are taking place. But I mean, don't, don't be under any illusions. This has been a conversation that's been going on for quite some time. Um, uh, and that's why uh, we have seen um, a, a significant suite of um, new legislation, um, uh, adding to sentencing, um, making sure that we um, uh, provide the legislation that's okay. necessary, for, for example, so that we can use Garda body cams, uh, that we can use Garda CCTV more effectively, uh, that we can use technology um, to recognise um, people okay. more quickly are, so we can make are, arrests, arrests faster. Are you confident that there will be enough support uh, for the Minister for Justice to retain her job if Sinn Féin does table a motion of no confidence? Very confident, yes. All right. Um, I, I want to ask you be, before I let you go about um, uh, your reaction to the release of uh, Emily Hand from captivity, the nine-year-old uh, Irish-Israeli girl who was taken hostage by Hamas. She is back with her, her family now. I know there were intense behind-the-scenes negotiations to secure this release. Yeah, look, I mean, like so many, like so many people, um, uh, it was really a sense of relief. You know, I've, I'm someone that has three daughters. Um, uh, the idea that one of them 
could be kidnapped uh, and held for, for 50 days uh, is just a parent's absolute nightmare. Uh, and so I think an awful lot of people felt both uh, a sense of of relief, really, that um, that she uh, was alive, well, and of course was was reunited with her father and family. It's it was a it was an emotional scene, I think, for many people who watched it. Uh, and I I hope and pray that all of the the hostages that have been kidnapped by Hamas that are that are being held in probably underground tunnels in the dark, um, that they will find. Um, uh, um, that we all, uh, in terms of the international community, uh, will find a way of securing their release okay. from Hamas sooner rather than later. All right. Can I, can I ask you about a, a tweet that Taoiseach sent out last night about Emily Hand, which has, has caused some concern in Israel, um, in which he said, an innocent girl was lost and now is found. Israel's foreign minister, Eli Cohen, has said that uh, Emily Hand was not lost, that she was kidnapped by a terror organisation. And uh, he has accused the Taoiseach of losing his moral compass and of trying to legitimise and normalise terror. What's your your response to that? Look, I'd ask people to read the full tweet that the Taoiseach sent out. You know, he he finishes he finishes it by saying, "Our prayers have been answered." You know, being lost and found is a is a biblical term, effectively, that he was using in a tweet. Like Leo Varadkar as Taoiseach has been very very clear, both publicly. And and privately, uh, in terms of, of how he sees Hamas as a terrorist organisation, uh, the criticism he has uh, made uh, uh, on the record in the Dáil of Hamas uh, in terms of what they have done to innocent uh, Israeli civilians, and of course, uh, calling for the release of all hostages. Um, so, you know, I think if this is unfortunate does uh, it, does that the Israeli it, does Foreign it, Minister has responded the way he has. Does, does the Taoiseach need to, to apologise or explain or clarify those remarks? Because they have, it appears, caused some offence. Well, look, I mean, there'll be an opportunity, uh, opportunity I understand, uh, for, the, um, for the Irish ambassador to put a context around those remarks when she, um, when she meets the Foreign Ministry um, uh, either tomorrow or in the next few days. Um, but I think, um, you know, the Taoiseach has, one, has been one of the most balanced voices uh, in relation to the horrors of this conflict in terms of criticising Hamas uh, um, and, you know, as well as, of course, um, speaking out very strongly okay. uh, in terms of um, protecting um, um, Palestinian children and women uh, and innocent civilians who've suffered terribly over the last 50 days. But I would say to you, that we do have some parties in Ireland that won't even call Hamas a terrorist organisation, um, parties that aspire to be in government. Uh, and I think they should probably answer some questions about why. Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment, Simon Coveney, thank you for talking to us today. Now, returning to those riots which took place on the streets of Dublin on Thursday night, they involved several adults, but also young people, teenagers, mostly males. Declan Keenan is a community worker in Dublin's north inner city. He runs Just Ask, a support project for young people, and he knows some of the people who were involved in the violence on Thursday night. I met him in Dublin's north inner city, and I asked him, what is going on in the lives of these young people who live in that area that would cause them to be drawn to violence on the streets? Boredom is a big thing. I mean, I mean, people are in the inner city flats. We hide flats away very well. You know, we hide kind of the wrong kind of public housing away. Uh, so they just don't have places to go. 
there's youth centres that might open up but that that can't open up for a lot of them like we've 97 young people on our books in the just ask after school club we couldn't have 97 people in a room at the same time it would be chaotic but you say you say boredom is is a factor in these people's lives and they see something going on they get drawn into a crowd i mean other people will say that that doesn't excuse it I, I don't think it excuses it at all and don't get me wrong like this morning I, I'm sad horrified disappointed every emotion kind of going through your head because people who you know and you have great hope for and you can see great potential to think they got caught up into that but also the other thing is it's very hard to see what the city is like when you live detached out in the suburbs it's very hard to understand how on top of each other everything is and once something starts to happen young people here see people every day walking by the windows of their flats going somewhere except them and and do you think then that uh, some of the people who were involved in the violence in, in Dublin City Centre they were watching this unfold on social media and that drew them into it? I definitely think so. I mean, I think a large part of the people are those who just show up seeing what's going on and the next minute the chaos is breaking out. Um, what, what would you say then about policing in, in, this, in this area, in the north inner city? It's very difficult in the inner city because there's generational distrust and mistrust of authority of the guards, of anything like that. We have, say, the Law Society people come down and volunteer with us in our after-school club. Our young people are shocked that none of them are criminal lawyers. They're like, what other kind of lawyer could there be? So their only knowledge of the law is the punitive side of the law. And what would you say then about the the resourcing of, of the police in this area? So we have we see motorbikes going up and down the street in between the Lewises, day in, day out, unchallenged. Uh, we see crime happening right in front of our eyes. People have walked into our club and stolen things or, or tried to do things. People, Young people, very young people, selling drugs right in front of you. It wouldn't have happened five years ago. Five years ago, when I'd have walked and some young person was doing something they shouldn't have been doing, you'd have heard, here's Deco. Now it's like... Uh, no problem. What changed then? I I really do think something happened to us as a society in the pandemic. I think some something socially happened uh, in that pandemic, and it's obviously working its way out now in our society. And there was people, young people, during the pandemic that uh, because of lockdown they 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 withdrew from services, they withdrew from schools, their education, and so on. Yeah, services weren't open for them. Uh, they couldn't come in. Even social workers wouldn't come in and meet young people. Uh, but we were able to come in and meet them. It's just people uh, were being told by their employers, no, you're not allowed, you can't do it. I mean, we shouldn't have withdrawn from society the way we did. So services were shut. Young people who normally would have been challenged at the right age because there's a specific age where you can really get through to a young person and then you can grow and build on what you've challenged them with and you're going to get somewhere you miss that with those young people and it's very hard to gain that back and do you do you think that some of those young people who missed out 
on their education and who missed out on their services, their youth clubs, their sports and so on during the pandemic. That some of those are the people who were involved in, in the trouble this week. Unfortunately today, uh, my biggest fear coming in was I hope I don't hear names that I know and I've heard names that I know. The, the Gardaí and uh, the Minister for Justice have suggested that one of the drivers of the violence in Dublin was the, the far-right movement, far-right influences. Do you see that at all as, as, a, as a youth worker, community worker in your area? There, there is always elements of far-right or far-left. Uh, it's definitely there. Is it a huge movement? No, it's not. I don't think it was very... Uh, a positive at all for Drew Harris to come out and make a political statement like that and kind of put the, the blame on a faceless, nameless group of people. I think it's like the boogeyman. It's everything over, since again the pandemic, everything and anybody who stood up and said, I'm not sure about this, I'm not sure about that, were just labelled as extremists, far this, far that. And now they pushed people into, you know, who, who would be open to that, into a more a more entrenched position. You, you spoke earlier about uh, some of the young people who live in the flats here looking out the window and seeing everybody else going somewhere but they're not going anywhere. Um, what, what is the solution for, for, for to stop these people getting drawn in and getting involved with, with, with the type of violence we saw this week? I, I tell you what doesn't seem to have been working is this idea of like so the last time say there was the big violence that happened with the gang related violence and it just seemed like the government went down and said there's a load of money shut up was there any plan put to that money was there any re- was there any kind of like here's the milestones we need to reach you know we're going to give you this X amount of million money but within five years, we want to see a 20% increase of young people from this community becoming apprentices, going to third-level college. If, you know, we want to see an increase of young people who aren't falling through the school system. This money needs to be doing something, not just there's some money and be quiet. Where, where do you see things going now for the young people in this, in this part of the city? For me, my hope is that you know we will get the opportunities to challenge the young people, first of all, who, who would have got involved in that or would think that that's OK. We also then need to be providing like real hope for our young people in our society. Like We say in our constitution that all children will be cherished equally. That is not the case. The state has never looked after certain communities. There has been places that have been just left to rot and people are afraid of them or something, so they won't go in or they'll throw money or they'll get someone else to go in and do the work for them. Just a final question. Um, The minister said uh, after the events in Dublin City Centre that, you know, that the people involved would feel the full force of the justice system. Do, Do you see that as being the correct approach to deal with the violence we saw in Dublin during the week? Isn't it always the government's answer? Lock them away, put them away, let someone else kind of, uh, you know, incarcerate them and keep them in a corner. How are they ever going to produce to be good, positive citizens of this state if that's what's going to happen to them? You know, now I'm not saying that, like, looking at some of the stuff that was going on, there was adults out there who should be incarcerated, who should be definitely 
dealt with severely because of what they did. But there was other people sucked up into it. And are we just going to have a, a, a position where it's like, let's just have retribution on them people? If that's the case, then the government are acting no differently than those young people. They are just following the populist answer. That was community worker Declan Keenan speaking to me in Dublin, coming up facing Christmas in a homeless shelter.